This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Trans POV is more than just the trans narrative. There are the usual questions about the trans person's earliest memories and their various stages of gender exploration. We have already discussed the differences between transsexual, transgender, and gender fluid, and that gender identity is different from gender expression, which again is different from sexual orientation. While I am usually open to answering other people's respectful questions, which no one would ever dare to ask of other transgender people, it is clear that simple definitions aren't enough anymore, and we need to be talking about lived realities and sometimes the voices we need to hear from aren't always trans. It's time for a bit of Trans 201. Welcome to Trans Point of View. Welcome back. You are listening to Trans Point of View. My name is Michelle Shepard. Now, what I'm kind of focusing on at the moment, I've got to, got to, you know, it's coming up to New Year's, and I'm thinking New Year's resolutions, and the most common New Year's resolution is we always seem to want to go to the gym and get in better shape. Or when we come out as transgender, we have this thing about, I want to lose weight, I'm going to be more feminine, or if you're a trans man, you want to become more masculine. But when going to the gym, sometimes there's that disconnect. So today, my guest, uh, their name is Bowie. And Bowie is a personal coach, physical fitness coach. Tell me about yourself, Bowie. Um, so I, I like to call myself a fitness coach um, because I find it's just a more diverse name. It kind of includes a lot of more stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm non-binary uh, and I'm just passionate about training and helping people whenever I can, really. Now, I think we did a show together on Family Matters, yeah, we where did. we talked about, about a lot of trans youth, I believe it was, and yeah. talking about doing fitness stuff for, for the trans um, youth out there. So, what kind of work have you been doing uh, with your company that you do? Uh, so, we run online fitness coaching uh, for the queer community, uh, with a, a focus on helping trans people to kind of help build that outer image that fits their inner identity. Um, it's really something that I'm passionate about as like a lot of my training, my personal training for myself is about shaping my body to feel more connected with who I am inside as well. Okay. Now, um, as you and I have been talking before we did this show, I said, look, you know, I, I sent you some stats about myself as well. Now, I'm, I'm a six foot three trans woman and I'm not exactly the skinniest or the most, um, you know, stereotypical of, of women, obviously. Um, but one of the things I, I was was important for me was getting your sort of your imp, your input and opinion because I found that when I was going out in early days of transition, I was either given advice to do starvation diets, I went to go see personal trainers, and they constantly wanted to put me on weights after doing weight training as a man before, and but then at the same time they didn't know what programs to put me on, whether they should put me on on a female program or a male program. Do you have any input on this as well? Um, I don't think there is actually a male and female program. Um, I, I think the the concept of that is just madness. Really, it's all about the individual. So there's there's always training that you can do that will build like lean, strong muscle without creating bulk. There's ways that if you want to bulk up, you can do heavier weights. There's always a way to uh, create something that's for the individual person, regardless of gender. And okay. to to um, be told that there's there's something otherwise is just 
<laughs> I can't believe someone would actually say that to you. <laughs> yeah, look, wow. at, most people are like, okay, go out and buy yourself some new activewear. Make sure it's like pink. And then we look good in the gym and go on the treadmill. Oh, and I'm going, why? that is, I'm like, I'm like, that's what I see a lot of cis women do. And I'm going, yeah. and it's funny, I actually had a conversation with my mom because I was away for a couple of weeks seeing my mom back in the US. And I threw on some shorts and just an old, uh, actually same color, green colored shirt you have on now. Yeah. And my mom goes, your girl now why don't you go buy something pink and put that on oh. i'm going mom i'm just gonna be sweating i just want to get it out of my system yeah but there's this like everyone thinks there's like this gendering even within the gym space oh yeah absolutely it's sheer madness i uh, it, it just it just shocks me and i think so much of that kind of deters anyone from wanting to go into that environment anyway because it comes with a just judgment it's like you're not wearing uh, this name brand of of clothing therefore oh you you mustn't be able to work out as well as me wearing my lululemon it's like <laughs> what what does that even mean <laughs> 79 and 79 dollar uh you know uh, what do you call them? Leggings and stuff. It's not oh. going to make me actually go better no, at the gym. No, it doesn't actually do anything for you at all except for like fuel consumerism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, look, and I, I've always, I don't subscribe to most of the same stereotypical stuff. I'm very much like, I go to the beat of my own drum. Yeah. I learn my own stuff because half the time I found that um, the education that's out there is based on sort of st uh, stereotyping and things like that that oh, yeah. we seem to subscribe to as, as trans women, especially. Um, so if I was going to be coming out as a trans woman like I was four years ago and starting on this journey of going from, as photos you saw me before, as a, as a more bulked up man mm. going to the gym, what would be one of the first pieces of advice you'd give? Um, I would just say start where you're comfortable at. Like I know that might be hard because there's so much discomfort within yourself mm. already uh, in the process of that transition. But like when it comes to getting a bit active to try and lose that little bit of weight, like wear what you're comfortable wearing and do what you feel ready to do even if that's going out for a walk like you don't have to jump straight into the gym like gyms are so heteronormative and they're like being a trainer myself i've gone to gyms and felt quite uncomfortable and i know what i'm doing there and, <laughs> and you know so for someone who's not even from that kind of situation to have to walk into that it can be so confronting um, and so yeah the best thing i'd say start with walking like wear something comfortable uh, find a podcast, some music that makes you feel good and go for a half hour, one hour walk and do that regularly and that's going to put you well on your way to getting started with everything that you need. Nice. See, I found myself when I was at the gym, even even presenting as a man going to the gym, like I'd go based off the advice of the personal trainers. They always always about, you know, pay the money to get in and, and they were constantly on you, on you, on you. Um, but more for like the money side of things where I found I walked in look at all these machines going, what the hell am I doing? And I find it overly intimidating. And next thing you know, I'm stuck with a gym membership. Yeah, yeah. That's like, so having a gym subscription, is, it doesn't guarantee you any progress other than the fact that you have access to the facility. Um, personally, I find gym equipment to be kind of pointless because they're all about like isolation of movement. It's like sit on this machine and move your arms. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but if that was outside in a practical situation, when are you ever in a circumstance where that's kind of the time that you're applying strength it's like i've got to lift this box let me sit down and <laughs> and lean forward and now i'm going to pick up this box because that's what i've trained to do exactly um yeah it, I, I my background is in kettlebells um so a kettlebell is like a cast iron ball with a handle mm -hmm. uh, they come in like heaps of different weights but the beautiful thing about them is everything that you do with them always forces you to use your whole body um to to stabilize 
and it has such a great practical application outside with everything that you do whether like you could be walking along and slip over like having the ability to kind of catch yourself from falling is you know something that working out on a gym equipment or you know do it on a squat machine it's like doesn't give you that same kind of reflexive strength now one of my favorite um friends i fall on um on facebook um is uh marie it's all it's pronounced so differently it depends where you are like i look at it and say yana marie but it's you know jenna marie and she used to be um known by as, as matt crock mm. who was a, a bodybuilder yeah and she is for um she's beautiful by the way and she has and i'm and i'm it's okay name uh uh going by her old name mm. i don't say dead name i hate the term dead name mm. um but she's very comfortable with that because she knows where she comes from and yeah. things like that where we're friends and but you look at what she was before and look at her now she looks magnificent like she's bulky oh, and huge she's and, incredible I'm, yeah. I'm so jealous yeah <laughs> and uh but she uh but she's so warm and sort of she's a documentary as well but she doesn't care about that bulk mm. which it inspired me a bit more to actually go back uh, and say you know it doesn't really matter but i know a lot of trans women when they come out and i know i'm focusing on trans women because i'm a trans woman myself and there seems to be a bigger um, disconnect with the gym, I think, with trans women. Mm. Um, there's this fear of touching weights or fear of actually doing anything that that promotes any kind of muscle building. Yeah. Um, is there myth around these sorts of things? Or Absolutely. So weights, it's so good for your body because they build um, muscle density. And when you have denser muscles, that increases your bone density. So it just makes your body stronger in general. So you only build muscle when you start doing like heavy weights, low reps. If you're not doing that style of training, you're not going to gain bulk. Okay. Um, so it's all about, uh, yeah, the movements that you make. So the weights themselves, just in general, are not going to cause you to gain muscle mass. I mean, they'll make you tone and <laughs> they'll make you lean and they'll make you strong, but they don't have to make you bulky at all. So we're looking at low, low um, weight high with reps. high reps. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's where people just get that sort of disconnect because I know myself, I've had that because of lack of education. I mean, yeah. look, I can I can make your house so you can speak to your uh, your lamp until it turns itself on and off. I can take <laughs> your television apart, fix your iPhone. But when it comes to actually you know, the biomechanics of actually trying to what makes and builds and loses muscle and, and in fact, I couldn't I couldn't tell you. So I've looked at weights myself again going, yeah, but if I touch that, I notice that my muscles are bigger again. So there's always that fear. Yeah, yeah, and there's so much just misinformation out there in the fitness industry, and so many, so many kind of fads and just trends, and it's all it all just becomes so confusing for anyone to really kind of follow and understand. And you can Google search it, and there's like so many different opinions based on you know who, what that particular trainer is that you just have no idea kind of where where to even start, what to look at, who to believe. Um, oh, I'm I'm the, I'm the exact same way with um. Uh, so, when I, when I, what's got me curious is, is obviously most of us who come out as trans or say non-binary or whatever, we always get inspired to go, I want to do something for the community, I want to do something for the community, like myself doing radio or doing the other stuff. Other than apart from, say, being non-binary, what is it sort of what inspired you to actually start doing what you do specifically for trans? I just think that being able to have support like I came I'm from regional Queensland so up there I, d I didn't have that sort of support there's no support for trans people up there there's there's not support for gays and lesbians up no. there so it's it was quite a hostile environment and I I didn't really 
fully transitioned till I moved down to Melbourne where I felt like there was safety in doing so. Um, and I just think since then, just seeing what it's like to not have any, anything there, or, or people who actually understand um, what it's like to transition in any form, whether it's socially or physically, um, and have that lived experience to be able to relate to other people within the trans community. So I really, really feel that um, having socially transitioned um, myself and and kind of build, working towards more physical transition, that I kind of understand where uh, everyone is coming from and I feel that that just allows me to kind of get a, a better idea of exactly what, what you want as opposed mm. to you've said the trainers who told you you've got to have that man's program or that woman's program it's like no it's, it's not <laughs> you don't it doesn't have to be like that and I just would love to show people in the trans community that there's there's an option out there that it can, will help them so much to identify with their body mm. as as much as they can now you and I talked about say my myself and, and coming further into um you know going on four years within tra- well it's four years now in transition um so here I am, six foot three. Now I've actually put on weight. Now when I started all of this, I went down to about 92 kilos. Mm. And now I'm up to 120. I know that that sounds horrible, but I'm, I'm as always, everything I do, I put myself out here as, as the guinea pig and, and to use myself as an example. So obviously I put on a fair bit of more weight, not so much muscle mass. Yeah. So where do I start? I mean, you take a look at some of the stats I've sent you. you know, yeah. I'm here I am, I've got a higher, you know, uh, heart rate that's going on now. Yeah. I'm not sleeping. Um, very active. Uh, I know I myself, I've fallen into the category, which a lot of people, not just trans do, but I fall in the category of dating is, is not been a very successful thing for me. Um, it's you become that bit of isolation, even though I'm quite, um, open and out there with friends and, and, and family that I have here, but that intimacy is, is no longer there. Mm. Um, so I found I've fallen back on the guy thing and, and drown myself in work. I've, um, and that it is known that men do that more. It's, it's, it's not a gendering thing. It's, it's a known fact. Uh, eating. I have actually fallen the fact, the, the trap of eating for comfort. Yeah. That's a big one. I think for so many different people. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just comes down to the kind of the relationship that you have with food and it becomes a vicious cycle because you'll feel uh, like a bit a bit down whether it's like a bit depressed or anxious so you'll eat because it gives you that kind of sense of comfort it gives you certainty you know you're going to eat something that you're going to enjoy uh, it's familiar to you so it has all these little aspects of stuff that you're going to be like oh that that makes me feel good and happy oh my about myself <laughs> but it, but then after you've eaten that that it's not there anymore and then you like guilt follows and you think oh I've eaten so much of it and oh I feel horrible about myself I shouldn't have done that and it turns from this little moment of comfort to this this negative cycle that then follows and it's it's a, a limiting belief so it's about trying to recreate your relationship with food and how it can turn from that negative cycle to something more positive um, and constructive. But it can take a lot of kind of really having to look within and reflect on why um, food has become your comfort in the first place. So it can be quite a journey just in breaking that cycle. 
Yeah, look, some of the advice I got in the early days of when the transition was, um, you know, eat, 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 eat a, uh, an apple, a black cup of coffee for breakfast, you know, lunch is a can of tuna and dinner was like a piece of fish and veggies. And I'm going, <laughs> and I'm going, okay. Sounds horrible. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm just going to, I'm just going to slip my wrist now. <laughs> like, no one told me as a woman I was going to starve. So, <laughs> oh. Calorie restrictions in eating just is painful. It's so horrible. It's not enjoyable. And when you're not actually looking forward to eating, it makes it so easy to not not stick to those kind of... It's a, it's a diet. Like, yeah. dieting is horrible. And it's all about restriction. And when, when we're restricted from something, there's a part in our brain that doesn't get that reward. And it's like, why am I doing this when I don't get any reward for it? And then it, you get to a point and it might be three days, it may be three weeks, maybe three months down track. And it's just like, nah, screw it. That's it. And you'll have this massive binge. And then you're just like, oh, oh. Just, why? <laughs> why did I do this? And, and you, you'll never stick to it because dieting like that is just it's just horrible. No. It's so unenjoyable. See, I did in the early days just to sort of, it, it just, it, I was real determined. Mm. I was damn determined because I wanted to get down to a certain point because this is just what I was just getting myself on a good start. And everyone kept going on about how guy fat, now this is a big one within the trans women community, that, mm. that you need to strip down all of your guy fat before you start transition because then you put on the other fat, you become this round ball mm. if you don't. And truth myth i'm not too sure you probably can help with that but all i know is is i'm a very huggy cuddly person i'm just everyone's happy to see me hence why i've, I've got the name mama mish but <laughs> mama mish is not a very friendly person when she's hangry yeah so, <laughs> and i don't want to go back and do that so yeah. what about that myth with the with the boy fat and the, and the chick fat like is there a, i've a never heard of man fat and lady fat um yeah. except for placement on the body so men and women carry fat in different areas but i don't necessarily think it's, it's got a gender your body doesn't identify it as anything other than um, a storage of excess energy that's all fat is so um i don't yeah, think look if we can find a way to get it from here down to my <laughs> ass then, then i'm you know you'll be my new best friend so. <laughs> Yeah. So what what um, have you done much with uh, with say adults apart from the youth or? Um, I've worked with adults. I haven't had the opportunity to work with a lot of trans adults apart from myself. Um, but it's it's very it's very similar. Like with taking the hormones, it's going to give you those female traits. So it becomes kind of fat deposits in the same areas as a cis woman would have them. Um, but it just comes down to just being aware of what you're eating. It's not about restricting calories. It's about eating until you feel satisfied, but not overeating. Like diet makes up like 80% of any weight loss or weight gain. It's massive. Exercise has such a small effect to what eating does and it's just crazy because it's I think there's quite a bit of confusion with that sort of thing it's like oh I just I train all the time I train over time and it's like but then you eat really bad stuff and you can never out train a bad diet uh, because no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just is not how it works so it's just about eating until you're satisfied not until you're over full so I think that's a big one people kind of lose the awareness of when their stomach says okay like I've had enough and you're like but there's still food there like, yeah of <laughs> I course have to finish you <laughs> uh, I found that in the states like in the states we could easily like you can go and just eat say the chicken and take everything else home if you want to mm. we're here there's that if you buy it you pretty much have to eat it 
yeah. or you can't take it with you. Yeah, that's right. Um, but that's not that, that's not so much the excuse. But you know, but I myself, I I fall in the trap of, you know, I just really enjoy my food. I mm. can't I can't help it. Yeah. So. Um, but that's that's my girlfriend. That's she. She loves me, but not in a good way. <laughs> that's an abusive relationship. Yeah, um, and you, you still can enjoy your food. So eating slowly is a great one. So what happens is when we eat, it takes twenty minutes for our stomach to tell our brains that we're actually full. So if you can take a meal and eat it slowly over twenty minutes, at that twenty minute point, regardless of how far you've got through a meal, you'll find it's like oh, I'm I'm feeling satisfied. So even though there's, and even though it's delicious and there's stuff there, you'll be able to have the awareness. It's about kind of reconnecting your brain with your stomach and getting everything talking to itself again so that you can start to feel those hunger cues. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, especially in Western society, we have such an abundance of food that people don't really know what it is to feel actually hungry. It's like, oh, it's 12 o'clock. This is the time I usually eat. I better eat something or... So there's always that abundance there and it, it kind of leads us to forget that if we eat till we're satisfied, not till we're full, only eat when we're actually feeling hungry because a lot of time if you're bored, um, that's another a way of people will kind of fill that boredom with eating. It's like, I'm bored. Oh, I'm just going to eat something. Well, I know myself, like when I'm at work, like for breakfast, I'll tend to have say, um, I'm really doing my best not to do like the carbs, like the toasts and things like that. Like I'll, you know, I've made that change, like say, you know, again, black coffee or maybe go and do um, uh, something simple, like maybe some egg, like an egg or something, cook it like an egg white, you know, like for breakfast or something like that. But I find then by like nine, 10 o'clock, I'm already hungry again and I'm drinking already heaps of water. Is it that disconnect between brain and stomach or? Um, It can also be that like when you, because that sounds like a really kind of restricted Mm. breakfast as well. So if you haven't actually eaten enough to give you that energy to get to through your next point it can be that so that comes back to that deficit in calories again okay. and kind of that restriction that's there so it's not about like there's a big a big myth around you know oh, don't eat carbs or don't eat sugar and don't eat this and don't eat that and it's like you can eat what you want just eat it in moderation yeah it's all about control food itself isn't bad there's no bad food it's, <laughs> there's not, I mean, I wouldn't recommend, I, like this. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend eating like a lot of deep fried and fatty foods, but there's nothing to say that you can't have a small serve of that, you know, every now and then. So yeah. So my lifestyle in the States while I was away, three days of eating chicken wings in a row was not exactly <laughs> a good idea. I get it. I understand. <laughs> Universe, stop telling me this by bringing Bowie in here. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So food isn't bad. It's, and I think society and especially the fitness industry, and with all these kind of eating fats, like you can have a juice diet. It's like, why? Why would you want a juice diet? <laughs> like when we eat, you've got to think, is this something that you can sustain long term? So mm. that's what it comes down to. Diets are short term and not sustainable. If you learn to eat in a way that you can do for the rest of your life, that's going to be really helpful for yourself physically, mentally and, and like emotionally then that's a pattern that you need to follow because going like up and down and it's like, oh, this is the latest thing. I'm going to go keto this month, you know. I'm going to um, cut all carbs and just eat fat. And it's like, why? 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 Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, somebody said to me, oh, you should try keto. And I'm going, and I looked at it, it was like, I think I'd have a heart attack eating that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, and it's just like, just 
it's all and that comes down to like it's all about restriction it's like oh you can eat this but don't eat that or eat this but don't eat that you got paleo let's eat like cavemen how do we know what cavemen ate like yeah, <laughs> it was so exactly. long ago and those times are no longer around well one thing i've tried doing and i'm i made a change like since we've started having this conversation you know i've i've you know i've got my you know, fitness watch on i've mm-hmm. got my you know i've downloaded an app and i'm taking a look at that now one thing i didn't really think about before which is which seems like a common sense to me you know add this add, you know add your opinion on this if you want mm-hmm. but Normally in the past, whenever I did stuff like Weight Watchers or any of the others, they give you a set number of calories and you have to eat those calories. Yeah. Well, what there was an, actually an option to change for the calorie thing to, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was like they've got your numbers and then there was like uh, another one where you sort of like earn your calories based on the movement you do. Yeah, okay. And so you had your certain number that was set based on your size and whatever, but mm-hmm. then I'd throw and say, okay, I had a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. I had an apple, I had uh, a capsicum, I went and had... Um, uh, something else, whatever. And then, but if I got up and moved, it said, okay, you can have these many more calories to add to your diet <laughs> if you whatever. And I said, that made more sense because I'm actually earning what I'm eating. But uh, where where is all this? I like, well, it's it's kind of like when you exercise, you burn calories. So let's say let's say you go for a jog and you burn 200 calories. It's like oh now you can eat an extra 200 calories. Yeah. It makes the jog the jog redundant because yeah. that extra 200 calories you've burnt is gonna put back into your body with more food so it's kind of like this vicious cycle of continuously <laughs> keeping you at this one level because you're not actually allowing your body yeah. to kind of burn through kind of what what excess that you have on you because that's how that's how it works like when you start burning calories fat is just stored energy hmm. so start eating just a regulated diet doesn't have to be restricted just you know portion controlled at least like just four good meals a day um, and a bit of exercise. Uh, Sleep is another huge one for um, weight loss as well, surprisingly. If you don't get at least eight hours of sleep a night, your mental capacity would come up as though you have a blood alcohol reading of 0.05. Oh, so wow. yeah, it really limits your your mental capacity. And when we're tired and when we're in that state, willpower is down. So the more fatigued you are, the, the easier it's going to be for you to give in to those cravings and those kind of bad habits that if you are a little bit more alert, you may be able to kind of be like, no, no, I've got this self-control. This makes sense because myself, sleep is, is a horrible thing for me. Like for between running a main job, uh, building my own business, running a radio show, flying between, say, here in Sydney, mm. running around all over town, most of the parenting, I find sometimes I get to 10 o'clock, I'm waking at 1, 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, there are certain things to do, like say before bed, that you'd recommend to help sort of contribute to better sleep for this whole thing? Um, I think if you can start like a, a, a routine, like a wind down routine, because a lot of time, like, and I know I'm a bad one for this too because like running my own business, I'm up and I'm, I'm on my laptop and I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's late. I better go to sleep now. But my brain is like so stimulated. It's like, no, think about this. And you've just been doing that. Don't, don't stop. So trying to kind of create this cutoff point where it's like, okay, now the laptop shuts. This goes away. I, I start kind of this routine where I'll you know have a shower and I'll start preparing for bed and it allows my mind time to just slow down and yeah and kind of get into more of a habit of of not constantly being switched on yeah my worst is when I've got like say uh, I remember on trans day of I'm not trans day it was uh, international day of of um Day against against homophobia. Yeah, I have a Hobbit Day, whatever mm. you want to call it. There's too many acronyms in our community. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but then I'm laying there, and it's like, um, 
you know, three o'clock in the morning, I'm up, I'm, I'm going through my speeches in my head, I've got my, my phone on, I'm doing recording, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got to focus on this, and all of a sudden my brain's going, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mambo number five, <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden there goes the rest of my evening, and, I'm, and I actually went, and I found that, that I was so buggered by the end of the day that I ended up having a fall, and hurting myself yeah. while I was going to a train because I was yeah. just so out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's And it's one I think people aren't really aware of um, and just how important it is to to take the time. And it's hard. People are like, I can't find the time. It's like, you can't find the time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, have, I know, right? have a good sleep. And it's got so many more implications with your health that leads to increased heart disease and just general physical well-being so you, your risk of mortality i think increases the less sleep you have just kind of you know staying alive there so i know i'm gonna get you're gonna use me as a guinea pig and we're gonna have a bit of a project and yeah. i'm gonna we're gonna work together and see how to change mama mish's uh lifestyle and whatever right. and so we can we can share this with uh, the wider community yeah and you know i will take photos of my fat ass and and <laughs> and we'll yeah, we'll put some plans together and I'll show, you know, what we do, what I'm doing and, and yeah. try to go and do that as well. Um, but if anybody wanted to do the same thing with you, if somebody wanted to follow up with you and actually, hey, you know, Bowie, I want to go and do what you're doing to Mama Mish and help um, do these sorts of things. How can they reach out to you and and get your services? So we're, we're really active on Facebook. We have a page, uh, Fearless Movement Collective is our business name. Okay. Uh, you can contact us there. We have a website, which is... Uh, www.fearlessmovement.co okay. um, so you can contact us on either of those places and we'll be there ready to have a chat and help out however we can sounds great well so make sure I share this on um, on my trans POV uh, page as well and on Twitter and stuff through our through our accounts um, but but yeah we'll, we'll make sure we take some photos and post it in as sort of a project so mm. people can follow along so they can uh, uh, see how it sort of works out yes sounds awesome. fantastic Bowie thank you so much for coming today and sharing with us uh, your insights and all this and I invite you to come be part of some more of the body image uh, shows that I'm doing to talk about you know better body image better better just connection between you know mind body all that kind of crap mm, so uh, it's not crap but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you you have been listening we'll talk to you soon and thank you for listening today if you do want to reach out to us you can get us on email transpov at joy.org.au you can also get us on facebook which is transpov on joy you can get us on twitter transpov or you can just come to joy.org.au and just follow up what's going on here at joy in general thank you so much we'll talk to you next week thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization Joy. Help keep joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.